Welcome to Hence the Future podcast. I'm Adam Cronin, and today we're discussing the future of anonymity. And there's a reason we've decided to address this topic right now, and that is that a major technological milestone has been reached that may mean the end of public anonymity as we know it. Clearview AI, a company backed by Peter Thiel and reported by the New York Times, now has the ability to determine anyone's identity using only a photo. They've done this by mining billions of photos from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Venmo, PayPal, LinkedIn, and millions of other sites to create, quote, an internet search engine for faces. Here's how it works. You upload a photo to the Clearview app. Clearview's neural network identifies faces in the photo and converts those faces into mathematical vectors based on facial geometry, like the spaces between a person's eyes or between the person's nose and their lips. Then Clearview compares those facial vectors with their database of over 3 billion online photos to determine the target person's identity. And the whole process takes just a few seconds and it's already being used by dozens of law enforcement agencies in the US and Canada to solve crimes. For instance, in one case, a child exploitation video had just a few frames where an adult was visible in the background, and law enforcement had not been able to find a match using their standard database of mugshots and driver's license photos. But once they loaded the photo into the Clearview app, in just a few seconds, they found a photo where the same man was in the background of someone else's gym selfie that they had posted online. So law enforcement was able to go to that gym, inquire about that member, and catch this guy. It's worth noting, however, that even though this technology is doing a lot of good in catching criminals, the big tech companies that have had the ability to create something like this for a while now, like Google and Facebook, they have opted not to do so for moral, legal, and PR reasons. You know, Google, for instance, could have easily built a search engine for faces where you just upload a face and it'll show you all the matches. But in 2011, in an interview, they said, this is the one technology we are holding back on. Facebook does have a facial recognition product, but it's only being used to tag people in photos who are already your friends. So if you log on to Facebook and you upload a photo of a bunch of people at a concert, it won't tag the people who you're not already friends with. It'll only tag those people who are already have some relation to you. And even just with that limited feature, Facebook recently had to pay out $155 million in an Illinois lawsuit for using this feature because Illinois law requires permission before collecting anyone's biometric data. It's also worth noting that the computer code underlying this app includes programming language to pair it with augmented reality glasses. So this isn't available today, but you could imagine a scenario where you have these smart glasses on and every single person who walks by, you can identify who they are, their name, where they live, photos of them, who else they interact with, maybe what their job is, their income, you know, tons of data. So I want to talk, before we get into the future scenarios, I want to first address how good is this technology really? Because there's always the question of, they may purport to have really accurate technology, but it may be less than accurate. And 
this has been an issue with a number of facial recognition tools, particularly when analyzing African Americans and people of color, where there have been a lot of false positive matches. So according to Clearview's own 2019 report, quote, the independent review panel determined that Clearview rated 100% accurate, producing instant and accurate matches for every photo image in the test. Accuracy was consistent across all racial and demographic groups. So Clearview is purporting to have 100% accuracy for all ethnic groups. And this is huge because in 2018, the ACLU examined Amazon's facial recognition tool, which is called recognition with a K instead of a C. And they did their study by using all sitting members of Congress and trying to find matches for those members of Congress. And they found in their test that it returned dozens of false positives, false positives and mostly these were for elected officials of color. The Clearview test also analyzed the same members of Congress, but there are a few key differences in how they conducted their study that I want to point out. So for one, the recognition test only used the standard police database of mugshots and driver's license photos, whereas the test with Clearview used their own database of billions of online photos. And the Clearview database was roughly 100,000 times larger than the police database that Amazon's recognition tool used. Also, Clearview didn't just analyze members of Congress, they also ran members of the Texas and California state legislature. So in that sense, they had even more, uh, you know, more of a chance to have false positives than in the Amazon recognition test. And perhaps the most important difference between these two tests is that with Amazon recognition, you're actually able to toggle the confidence interval. So you can go from, you know, 80% confidence interval, which is the standard up to, you know, 99% confidence interval. And in the test that the ACLU ran with Amazon's recognition tool, they use the standard 80% confidence interval. Whereas with Clearview, users aren't able to toggle the confidence interview. It is it, interval. It is just set automatically at around 97% accuracy. So there still has yet to be a third party that has verified the results of Clearview. So we don't want to overstate how accurate their technology is. But it does seem, based on how the New York Times has reported about this topic, and also based on Clearview's own studies that they've conducted using similar methodology to the ACLU methodology, that this is indeed a breakthrough in the field of facial recognition. And this is a jump up in the level of accuracy that we haven't seen in the past with other facial recognition tools. So now I'd like to just talk briefly about some of the benefits of Clearview and some of the dangers of Clearview. So let's start with the benefits. The benefits are that when you have a tool like this, police forces can solve way more crimes, they can catch way more criminals and deliver swifter, more decisive justice than was previously possible. It also may disincentivize future criminals from committing acts of crime if they know that there's pretty much a 0% chance that they'll get away with it if they're committing their crime in public anywhere where there's cameras or phones present, which is essentially everywhere now. And also, 
it's less time and money that the government would have to spend on detectives and other uh, crime solving expenses if they're able to use a tool like this, which delivers just as, you know, in, in seconds, if there is a tool available, or if there's a photo available of the perpetrator. Now let's talk about some of the dangers. So the way I'm thinking about this is there's dangers with how law enforcement uses it, there's dangers with how governments use it, and there's dangers with how the public would use it. So for law enforcement, it could be misused by rogue cops. Like you can imagine a cop that's corrupt and, you know, has like stalking his ex-wife and just uses this tool to be able to identify maybe the new guy that his ex-wife is seeing. And there are some very nefarious things that individuals can do if they have access to this. Or even worse would be if an entire police force was corrupt and decided to discriminate against certain groups or certain people and use this technology to identify those groups or people. With governments, is perhaps the scariest because the scope and breadth of how they can do this is, is pretty incredible. Um, I mean, like, for instance, in China, they already have a similar tool, and they've had this for some time. You know, what's new about this technology is really that it's new to American use. And in China, there's an estimated 176 million CCTV cameras, and these can essentially all go to the same database where they've gotten very good at recognizing protesters or anyone who's spoken out against the government in the past. And part of the concern with this technology is that other countries, other oppressive governments may now be able to use this technology and they can, you know, oppress their own protesters and people who speak out against them. You know, also with America, I mean, the scary thing is that it seems fine now because we're only using this to catch criminals that deserve to be caught and brought to justice. But there's always the worry of if America's government in the future is not as keen on freedom of speech or freedom of the press or some of the basic freedoms outlined in the Constitution, then this could also be used against protesters, intellectuals and journalists. In the private sector or, you know, in, with public use, like if this is an app that anyone can use, which often tends to happen once new technology is created, it could be used by stalkers, by pedophiles, by paparazzi, by harassers. So, I mean, just the notion that you could be sitting at a cafe and anyone who catches your interest, you could just take a little photo of them on the sly and then know a ton about them. It's pretty scary for a lot of people, especially women, especially people who are concerned for their safety. Now, before we get into the future scenarios, I want to talk a little bit about what it would take to actually be anonymous in the future. Because, you know, it's funny how in the past you used to be able to change your identity and no one would really know. Like in Mad Men with Don Draper, Don Draper, he actually went took on the identity of someone else and no one really knew because back then it wasn't as easy to just verify your identity and just do a quick search online and see if you have any criminal history or see what your social media is. You could pretty much just move to a new city and start over with a totally new identity. And, you know, this is good for people who are trying to turn over a new leaf with their life. 
but obviously it was bad if you are someone who is just going from city to city, you know, committing crimes or doing anything nefarious. What we've had recently is that, yes, you can look into someone, but only if you sort of already know who they are. Like you can find a job applicant, for instance, and you can take their name, you know, run their information to see what school they went to. You can find out usually where they, they live and you know, income. And there you can find out a lot about people already. But the difference is that you kind of have to already know their identity before you run the search. In the future or you know, right now with this new technology, Clearview AI, at least if you're law enforcement or someone who has access to this technology, all you need is a person's face. You can just upload their face and then you find out everything else about them. So when you consider what it would mean to, con- to truly be anonymous now and in the future, it's pretty onerous and it's almost impossible. So, you know, in Minority Report, for instance, Tom Cruise is on the run from law enforcement and he actually ends up having to get surgery to change his eyes to someone else's eyes so he can't be identified by the drones that are flying around and scanning people's eyes. You would almost need that level of changing your own biometric data in order for you to be truly anonymous in the future. And there are some other cool tools that I've seen reported that are being used, for instance, by Hong Kong protesters. Like you can have a 3D printed mask or, you know, even one of those, uh, you know, surgical masks that people use to prevent the spread of diseases, you can have a different face sort of printed on that. You could also have a hologram projected from the top of a baseball cap. Um, You can have one of these like blanket things that comes across your face that has all of these different patterns that tend to mess with the facial recognition cameras. There's also some interesting fashion companies where they put little like bejeweled Uh, rhinestones on your face and interesting contour makeup and so there are some ways right now where you can get around facial recognition but the problem is that if you're going to those lengths it's probably pretty obvious that you're trying to hide yourself and that could you know uh, spark a red flag in the system just for that reason alone. You know, if if a system is basically assessing every person who comes through a subway stop and they find someone who's not able to be identified, that itself may trigger a red flag. So it seems very unlikely that you would be able to stay anonymous and you would probably almost have a better chance of trying to take on someone else's identity rather than just trying to be purely anonymous uh, so you, you wouldn't raise a red flag. And, you know, if you want to be anonymous online, it's somewhat easier because you can use things like a VPN, a virtual private network. But again, a lot of these tools have workarounds and you could find someone's identity if you have enough time and resources and motivation to find out who they are. So it's interesting to consider that this may be the end of anonymity and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a change in society, technology, and how countries and governments operate. So now let's take a super quick break and then let's get into the future scenarios. All right, 
Let's talk about the worst case scenario for the future of anonymity. Worst case scenario. So in my worst case scenario, it is that this technology falls into public hands. So anyone who's a consumer can buy augmented reality glasses and identify who anyone is in real time. Now this would truly be the end of any sort of anonymity in public spaces. Now this could be used by stalkers to identify their next victims. It could be used by oppressive governments against protesters and intellectuals and journalists. It could be used by companies even to discriminate against certain customers who maybe have low income or bad credit. And it would prevent the notion of judging someone just based on the moment and your interaction with them face to face. And it would be an even greater level of expanding your reputation, which, you know, there's already been a lot of talk about how anything you post online is essentially there forever. And that's a big change from, you know, kids growing up today to kids growing up 50 years ago is that 50 years ago, you didn't have to worry about what you said or did online or in the real world when you're 16 years old. It was pretty much all forgotten. So the worst case scenario, I guess, is that there is so much self-censorship. People aren't willing to speak out. They're not really willing to say what they think, especially as it relates to free speech and how governments should operate. And there could be a much greater level of fear, especially if this falls into the wrong hands. So in my worst case scenario, yes, private ownership of this technology is problematic and police ownership is problematic. But if governments have this and governments are not acting in the best interests of their citizens, that's where it could get really terrible. And right now, it does seem like Clearview is only selling this technology to governments that are somewhat democratic, that believe in freedom, so it's not like they're selling this technology to China or Russia. But my fear is that with so much technology, it always starts out in the hands of the few, the government, the people who created it, and it inevitably ends up in the hands of pretty much everyone. So I'm concerned that as companies like Clearview continue to chase profits and they need to continue to differentiate themselves and the market becomes more competitive with these types of technologies, that it will end up falling into the hands of bad actors. And with this technology, it could be a whole nother level of oppression that we haven't seen before. I mean, imagine if the Soviet Union had this type of technology back when they were, you know, when the Berlin Wall was still up. You know, there are a lot of awful ways that this technology could be used if it's used for the wrong reasons. Now let's talk about the best case scenario for the future of anonymity. Best case scenario. The best case scenario in my mind is that this tool is used, but it's used properly and it's only used by law enforcement for explicit reasons. So it does not fall into the public hands, it does not fall into the hands of authoritative governments, although China already has their own version of this. And regulations keep this technology in check. So just like how now you need a search warrant to be able to go into someone's house and search through all their stuff if they're a suspected criminal, I would hope that we move towards having a similar level 
of justification anytime this tool is used so that it's not just searching through anyone who may have done anything bad in the past. There must be a specific reason why you're using this tool, searching through the facial database to find out more about them. Now, in the best case, it could be used to seriously end crime. If you've read any Steven Pinker, you know that crime has seriously declined over time. And oftentimes it doesn't seem like that because there's so much negative news and anything bad that happens just gets amplified by Twitter and by just the whole modern media machine. But the reality is that there are way fewer murders, fewer muggings, any crime, you name it, they have been declining. This may be yet another reason why crime continues to decline. And it may seriously dissuade future criminals from committing any sorts of crimes because there's basically no chance that you can get away with it if this technology is available and anywhere that has a camera, anywhere that has someone with an iPhone or an Android will result in you getting brought to justice. Now let's bring it home to the most likely scenario. Most likely scenario. In my most likely scenario, I believe that eventually this technology will get into the hands of the public. You know, anything from GPS to the internet itself to power tools, so many inventions started out by with government funding and especially with defense funding. And it almost always eventually falls into the public hands. That's just a common course of events. So I believe that it will eventually go into the public hands, but hopefully regulations will go into effect to counteract the worst use cases of technology like Clearview AI. And as a result, I believe it will shift the culture and society where more people will now opt for private social media accounts and they will want to limit their online exposure because people will realize that anything that's public can be scraped, can be data mined, can be input into a database, can be used to gather way more information about you than perhaps you would like to be gathered about you. And so I think there will be a shift where the future of social media networks will be more private. It will be more intimate groups connecting with one another through encryption. And actually, through my own research of Clearview AI and this facial recognition technology, I've just made my own social networks private because it does seem like the courts have ruled that this type of scraping of publicly available data is legal. And so it's not going to stop. But if you have private accounts, then it's way less likely that your data will be scraped, that your data will be mined. So I suppose I would recommend if you are at all concerned about this type of thing, just make your social media accounts private and use encryption when you can. And as long as you're not doing anything nefarious, there's no reason you should be in trouble with this sort of facial recognition technology. But at the same time, there's no reason to expose yourself unnecessarily. So I'm not so concerned about this particular topic. I think that this is sort of a natural evolution of tech. But it's interesting to note that from the time the internet began until now, 
it's almost like we've been building towards this moment for so long by categorizing every person based on their name, their email, their phone number, their IP address, all of this data mining, all of these companies that sell data from one company to another in exchange for money. All of this has come to the point where now you can upload a photo of anyone's face and know a hell of a lot about that person. So it is a major milestone. And some people like Eric Weinstein and Peter Thiel talk about how technology is slowing down and we might not be hitting this exponential technology curve that the majority of people believe we are hitting. But I would say that anytime we see an announcement like this, and if you believe their reports, 100% accuracy of identifying a person from uploading a picture of them, that's pretty incredible. That's a major milestone. And that's a marker that the future will continue to be different from the past. And we, as conscious citizens, should adjust our behavior accordingly. So that's it for today. It was a short episode. Justin wasn't able to be here, but we should be back next week. So thank you everyone for listening. This has been the future of anonymity. And we'll see you next time. The past, the present, and the future.